the barber shop. Doris and Frank's father had worked 30 years to own it free and clear. Now it got signed over to the bank, and the bank signed some money over to Frank, and Frank signed the money over to Freddie Riedenschneider, who got into town two days later and told me to meet him at Da Vinci's for lunch. Not fried, poached. Three of them for two minutes. Uh, strip steak, medium rare, flapjacks, potatoes, tomato juice, and plenty of hot coffee. Do you have any prairie oysters? Yes, sir. And bring me a fruit cocktail while I wait. You're Crane? Yeah. Barber, right? Yeah. I'm Freddie Riedenschneider. Hungry? Uh, not really. You tell me the chow's okay here. I made some inquiries. Look, I don't want to waste your time, so I'll eat while we talk. You mind? You don't mind. So while I'm in town, I'm staying at the Hotel Metropole Turindo Suite. Yeah, it's goofy. They named the suites after operas. Room's okay, though. I poked around. I'm having them hold it for me on account of I'll be back and forth. So in addition to my retainer, you're paying hotel, living expenses, secretarial, private eye if we need to make inquiries, head shrinker, should we go that way? We'll talk about appeals if, as, and when. For right now, has she confessed? No, of course not. She didn't do it. Good. That helps. Not that she didn't do it, that she didn't confess. Of course, there's ways to deal with a confession, but that's good. It's one less thing to think about. Now, interview. I'm seeing her tomorrow. You should be there, 3 o'clock. One more thing. You keep your mouth shut. I get the lay of the land. I tell you what to say. No talking out of school. What's out of school? Everything's out of school. I do the talking. You keep your trap shut. I'm an attorney. You're a barber. You don't know anything. Okay. Good. Any questions? Give me a ring, Turindo, sweet. If I'm out, leave a message. You sure you don't want anything? No? Okay. You're okay, pal. You're okay, she's okay, everything's gonna be hunky, and the, and the flapjacks, honey. p.m. Eastern Time on your standard issue dial. Welcome in. I'm Michael Govier, Travis Roy, Eric Branshaw. We're doing The Man Who Wasn't There, a 2001 film that was previously going to be 1985's To Live and Die in L.A., but it was unable to be found, and streaming was a challenge, so therefore that one was nixed. We're doing The Man Who Wasn't There, Billy Bob Thornton, blah, blah, blah. Does it hold up or not? We're going to find out real soon, right, Travis? Really, really, really soon from the sound of things. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, we are. Eric Branshaw, what do you think? I couldn't be more excited. You know, it... 
I don't believe in torrents, so we 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 did what we had to do. We had to make an alternative choice. It just turns out to be this one. So I recommend the film. Go see if you can find it. Watch to live and die in LA because it's a lot of fun, and I hope it gets back out in the mainstream because it's a good and reason will prevail. Film. Reason will prevail. Reason did not prevail, unfortunately. Although it wasn't really about reason, we just couldn't find it. So it's not like it was unreasonable. William Friedkin did not prevail. <laughs> will Will Billy Friedkin was not able to give us what we wanted. I'm going to watch it next week, regardless. I will find it. I will find you. I will find you. <laughs> I will leave you here. I will watch you, no matter what occurs. <laughs> oh God, it's so funny to me now. I can't believe I missed that for all these years. I could have been saying that for thirty years. Yeah, thirty years almost. Well, you probably will for the next thirty. So you got that going for you. <laughs> I certainly will. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we'll do the man wasn't there for our does it hold up segment. I will choose at the end of the show next week's selection. Right. And next week we're gonna have well the week after that we'll have on uh, Aaron Worley. He'll be our next guest host. Hey. He's gonna be live August twenty sixth. I believe he selected film. He originally selected a movie, then 86 did. So I think he has an update to that. So we'll let you know what that happens to be next week when uh, he makes it official. Having said all that, uh, Travis Roy, let's get into quarantine viewing picks. Uh, I'm being speedy this time, by the way. Oh, yeah, we're not saying hello to you. I had had such a big week. I said hello to you. Oh, what do you got? (laughs) Go ahead. Come on. Give me it. I thought we did that already. Oh, well, I mean, for one, I was really happy to to be welcomed on to the All-American Spook Show Horror Podcast. Oh, cool. We had Donnie on recently, and uh, and they were kind enough to bring me on. So check out the episode that we did with Donnie a couple weeks ago. We did They Live, and uh, they're doing this whole, like, Summer of the Wolf thing. So it was really cool to, like, get on a podcast and just talk werewolves and werewolf movies and werewolf <laughs> history. Like, uh, it was very nice. It was fun. We, we, um, and so, they got, yeah, they got a whole series that they're doing, so... Go over there, and uh, my episode is episode five of the Werewolf History. The last one they're doing like a these half hour episodes about werewolf history, interspersed with werewolf movie episodes. So check that out. And then um, I was I had quite a day. I don't know about you guys, but my dog. I spent the whole day at the emergency vet with my dog. It was it was a hellish day, but it turned out to be fine. She's fine. Oh, she's cool. gonna be she's gonna be okay. But it was awesome. um, yeah, it was it was a fun day. So I'm like uh, 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 run around, run around uh, uh, podcast. So what's up? Uh, Apparently, Mike, it sounds like you're in that mode, too. I never worry about that dog. That dog will never die. (laughs) Uh, I hope you're right, friend. I mean, one day it it will be. It would be scary if it was like 60 years old. I mean, I'd I'd be frightened more than happy. If Chris Deary's wife's Christina dog, Christina dog? Christina Christina dog. That's not a bad dog. He married a dog? (laughs) God, that sounded terrible. Chris's wife, Christina. That dog lived to be 18, and that dog was, would not die ever. So I'm thinking that Rooney's from the same realm, even though they're not the same breed by any means, because that was like a hot dog dog, a little Dotson. But, uh, I'll keep my fingers crossed. Cream Puff was 33. I think that's the record. <laughs> bullshit! Bullshit! Yeah. Yeah, Chihuahua. Yeah, look, it up. look it up, man. Chihuahua. You know, yeah, I think, I think he's right. How are this things in, re- Griffith, in Griffith, Indiana? Great. and Back to work, but I'm excited. It's going to be a great school year. New job. With all the mandates. I'm yeah. happy about my district. So, yeah, I'm all smiles. What kind of jokes do you make? I, I'm so fascinated by what kind of like teacher it, you I are. I keep it PG. I keep it PG. Well, of course you know. keep it PG. They're children, but. <laughs> <laughs> like, do, do, like, do you make references to like Roger Deakins? Yeah. Or? Yeah. yeah. Deakins. <laughs> yeah. Do you talk about Dante Spinetti and like how important he was in your <laughs> yeah. life to these kids? You talk or? Saw Bass's titles in our, in our art lessons. You bring up planes, trains, and automobiles, and yeah, like, what's your favorite scene? <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to show the kids that, and you can use the excuse of Thanksgiving right before the break. Hey, guys, this is a Thanksgiving film. 
but it's Man, probably rated R. I was, was rated R. Show, I was amazed I was Could able be. to show fourth graders a uh, Martin Scorsese film. So can you guess what it was? Oh, uh, Hugo? Uh, Tintin. Yeah, it, was, it was Hugo. So it was like, is Tintin? Uh, wait, am I making Spielberg. that up? That was Spielberg. That was Spielberg. It's all like the same animated trash though, right? Like kind of real, not animated. I like Hugo, but they were fucking, they were bored. They were like, who cares about this train or this kid? or what's <sighs> That was a kid's movie for adults. I'll tell you this. Right. The Aviator is not like really inappropriate. I mean, it's weird. I mean, he's naked, <laughs> but that's like a nude. He's a nude human being pissing in mason jars. That's... He's adultery. adultery. <laughs> I'm saying it out loud right now. I'm yeah, yeah. I think I put that over because I'm not showing it. <laughs> I was only th- the only thing I was going on is there's not a lot of bad language, which is not really the main mm, prerequisite for it is, being it's, it's a new year, and I am going to show another round. I, I said I wouldn't show it again, but I'm going to show my students 12 Years of Slave. So that'll be oh boy, here we go again. An important film, Mike. You got stuff going on in your world. What's going Are on you, in your Mike? world? Yeah, big wait for the show to end so I can finally see my girlfriend after yeah. 17 months. So. 17 months. 17 months. You say it out loud. You say it out loud. Longer than some of my relationships. I know, right? Like this is it's, it's way longer than most all of my relationships. That wow. this one alone, just the separation. So I testament. God bless you. You can't really yeah. comprehend it. You say it out loud, but you can't yeah. you can't really absorb every day and like all the lonely nights and all the like this sucks and it's really just you can't encompass it in even a few sentences or even it might take an hour or two to kind of break it down and maybe that's what we'll do we'll talk about it because we'll see each other in real life we're kind of starting over it's going to be yeah i imagine it might be kind of awkward i don't know i don't know what to expect i know we're very excited though so kudos to you guys for staying strong pulling pushing through it well thanks to canada for opening their border i know the united states is still closed to canadians and fucking morons but canada always doing the right thing i'm this much closer this much closer to being a Canadian citizen every day. This fucking country. God damn it. Anyways. Society. Society. Yeah, I had to, you know, I gotta talk society. Mark, mark them. That was three. three. <laughs> That's it. No more. Okay. Three of nope. that word. All right. So no more. Olympics? Let's keep yeah. it moving. Quarantine Olympics. So wait a minute. I want to ask you a question, though. Like, I honestly. Ew. Was there a text thread about Suicide Squad? I'm seeing it in the theater. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we talked about that. No, and you said that. You guess you Mike, missed Mike it, but I was likely asked Travis if he wanted to see it, and Travis is like, "No." Oh, that was it. No, no, no. But <laughs> before that, we'd already talked about it. We'd already yeah, like see, you and me and Eric had like we'd already talked. I just about missed it. that. I missed that. I honestly then, missed that. Yeah, and I'd ask you some other. Anyways, this does not, not matter. This no, is this is for real. Neither like, here I, nor there. I was like, I'm going to return okay. to the theater and, and I'll see Suicide because it's going to be like my big return, but. That did not happen. Yeah, I shut it down. Uh, I, I I feel <laughs> I feel a little guilty. I feel bad. I mean, the movie fucking didn't do that well, and I honestly really enjoyed oh, it. Didn't? it. No, it didn't do that great. Well, but because I mean, it's because fucking COVID. You, you look at this. Uh, you look at like the chart of like how cases have gone nationally, and like when when Fast Nine came out and Cruella came out, like like it was like the lowest since the pandemic started, and then like. And then the Suicide Squad came out like right at this big ramp up. And uh, I really, you know, and then you throw HBO Max into the mix and it just did not right. get the, didn't get the numbers. I mean, I watched it that weekend and I fucking I honestly really liked it. Eric, what did you think? Um, 
I watched honestly, Travis. I, I support James Gunn. I watched half of it. I had to shut it off because family was in town. I don't know <laughs> if I'm gonna finish it. I just kind of found it really fucking unpleasant. But it's a big mistake. It's a it. big mistake. Don't do that. It's very enjoyable. I thought finish it. Was a lot. it. Yeah, I found finish it to be it. a lot of fun. Malicious. It was great. I thought I felt mm. the same way you felt at that point in the movie. I honestly did. And I was like, ah, eh, this is. My initial feeling at about an hour in was this is way better than 2016, without a doubt, already. Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's still kind of like, eh. It's like really it's, well made. I just. Uh, it's too Guardians y for a while there. Like, well, am I just going to sit here and watch people getting blown away and like. Fuck yeah! Really enjoying it? This is a Suicide Squad, god damn it! Yeah, I mean, if you're not in. Because like, DC has that whole. Like, they can go like full Lobo and stuff. Like, they get really, really fucking violent sometimes. So it's it, cool. It, to, it's really cool to, to see that in film. And, and he is the perfect person to do it because he can capture that comic book zaniness and fun but he's still got those trauma roots but that's you know the thing man like i had to laugh sorry to interrupt you but like that's fine. there's there's no i'm sorry james gunn can apologize on twitter but there's no way he still doesn't think those old jokes are funny this is the same sense of humor just no just like, I, I disagree i, I made totally you, you i and everyone we know almost made similar jokes at the same time and i think a lot of us have shown a lot of growth i think that you're way off course mm, i don't know i don't know him personally but uh yeah, I also forgive people, so we all make mistakes, and I'm a pretty forgiving guy. So. I'll finish except, it. I mean, except like Hitler, well, I, I don't really forgive Hitler. So yeah, some I'm things are just too much. <laughs> don't want to talk about going too far. Making I just want to give people a, a boundary for me, so they know where I. Yeah, I draw the lines. It's a it's a distant boundary. I mean, look, <laughs> a shady veil distance. Somewhere <laughs> out there, it's out there somewhere. somewhere but out there. I, I thought I kicked there. ass. I thought it was fucking great, man. So yes, yeah, so I saw. I did see it. I saw it at home, like mm, you. Yeah. And I did not see it in the theater, but man, it was. It just all about, like Bloodsport is cool. That was definitely a character. I know that uh, apparently yeah. Peacemaker is going to get the spinoff, but I want to see more Bloodsport. Frankly, my favorite's Polka Dot Man. Like I kind of knew he would be, but uh, yeah! lo loved him. Loved that him. guy. It's so cool to see Thomas Schiff get like Dave a main effort in a movie. Yeah. David Dasmalchian, he's fucking great. I just got to call him Thomas Schiff forever because uh, that, what, what, what role was that? I don't remember. That was in The Dark Knight. He told oh, Schiff. Was, oh, that was he's a schizophrenic. That was his breakthrough role. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is the third third film featuring Harley Quinn, and I, I'm sorry, I hate to be negative, but I just <laughs> can't get on board this, with this character. She's not that. They're, they're really trying to get people to like. I her. agree with I'm you. Like, she actually was. I was, like an idiot and I was not feeling her. I was not feeling her in this. It was everybody else that I dug. Frankly, I kind of felt like they felt obliged to put her in there at this point, and like, mm. the film would have been fine without her. But I, I do still yep. like her. Um, I do. St I do still like her. But yeah, I kind of agree that like that you take her out of the movie, and it's not really a huge loss. Uh, that's you know, the point. Yeah, that's King a good Shark, way to say it. Really, I mean, that's King Shark. Polka Dot Man really made the movie for me personally. I'll finish it up. I'll finish. Well, it. I loved Rat Girl too. Oh uh, yeah, yeah she I like her too. I like yeah. that backstory. Rat Catcher I don't know her name. Rat Catcher. Rat Catcher Two. Rat Catcher the sequel. Electric Boogaloo. Apparently. <laughs> so, uh, did you guys watch Val? I watched Val. Did you guys loved watch it. Val? Loved it. I, I haven't had a chance to see it yet. You loved it. Whoa. Loved it. <laughs> it's a documentary about. Aaron, Val, did right? you like it? Yeah, this is the new documentary about Val Kilmer. You you were very moved, eh? For a for an actor that has what? Let's be honest, like three good, really good movies out of like a huge career. He's, Dumb. he's still such an interesting personality. It's ridiculous. Me. Top Secret, The Saint, uh, The Doors. I love the worst it. movie I've ever seen in my entire life. No, period. but this I know. But it's it's a good movie though. I like it. It's good a fun film. I mean, good yeah. performance. Even and he's great in MacGruber. That was like one of his last. 
Like, wow, he still had it before he's life went the way. And like the the film, I'm sorry to hijack your segment, but it it does gloss over uh, years and years of just clearly unprofessional behavior with no remorse given it's just like oh okay i'll show a couple of clips and make myself look like this artiste and they'll be fine yeah and they have kind of a montage where they talk about like him you know rumors about him being difficult and it's pretty clearly like hey i might have one foot out the door maybe want to rehabilitate my uh, image before i go kind of situation which he's he's not he's healthy now but i mean like he's he's in full recovery from uh, throat cancer but yeah there is definitely an element of like some pr work going on here can you talk yeah, he, he he can talk. He's got he's got the he's got the, you know he's got the, what do you call it? The oh, he does ring. have the thing. He got the trach ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, okay, ring. wow, shit. You guys also mentioned that island of Doctor Moreau doc a couple weeks ago too. Yeah, lost he was all, I mean he was clearly a fucking disaster in that movie. So. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's and God between that and Val and the stuff that they showed in Val, like I really I want like a 13 hour fucking yes. limited series docu series yes. on just this. I mean I am totally. so I could I could never learn enough about yeah. the shooting of the island of Dr. Yeah. Moreau. Because every time I find out something about it, I'm like, that's fucking fascinating. <laughs> you um, know, man. Eric's right, though. The Ghost of the Darkness sucked, too. Maybe you're right. Uh, well, I, I think I one, of the, back. one of the beautiful things about this documentary is it does a really good job of, of telling us that, look, actors are just people like we are. And I was more invested in just his story as a father, mm-hmm. uh, a husband who's, you know, he didn't have the best marriage, as a lot of marriages don't last and a son and a, and a brother. I just, I love the human aspect of it. Maybe even more so than the creative one. I will say that most marriages don't involve one of the spouses pretending that they're Jim Morrison for a year, which I think would put strain on a marriage. But. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, oh, what yeah, I was he was married to my girl, my girl, Joanne Whaley. Remember Joanne my, Wally, my Whaley yeah. crush, my Whaley obsession. Oh man, yeah. that was out of control. I watched every fucking movie she was in, in 2008 and nine. He's, he, they have a pretty interesting story. His whole story is very interesting. What I found most fascinating about the movie is that not only does he have this really singular life, like this is right. truly singular. Like he's American movie star, but like an iconoclastic movie star. He's not like most movie stars. He's got like a, a, you know, it's very different. And then on top of that, he's one of those guys that like when, I mean, even like he, he's got footage of himself from when he, when he was a little kid, they were doing the super eights, but he was one of the first people to buy a VHS. Did you see the fucking not, you know, minor spoiler alert, but there's like, he literally rents a garage for all of his videotapes. This man has documented like every moment of his life. He, it turns out Val Kilmer is a huge archive of, of Hollywood yeah. historical knowledge with that is probably honestly going to be worth quite a bit to, you know, to historians and stuff. It's really cool. Oh, Val, I'm, Val too. Bring it on. Let's bring in the sequel. We got the footage. What's the matter? I made a mistake. We should have started the show. I, I forgot to thank Mark Holton for letting me interview him. And that oh, was yeah. really cool. I should have mentioned that at the top. I'm sorry. That's a good place trying. to start. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was kind of. I mean, I knew there was other things, but you know, you're obviously, understandably, very excited about seeing your girlfriend again after yeah. a year and a half. So, so that, right. that, you, you got, we got caught up in that. But yeah, you t- tell the tell the crowd the good news and where to find it. Mark Holton, the legend himself, story career, right, Eric? Chubbs, uh, dude in Leprechaun, Francis Buxton. That says it all. Gacy. Gacy. Yeah. Apparently Gacy's getting second life. Uh, I might have to take a look at it. I never actually saw the Gacy movie. I thought it was a television movie, but it was apparently just a straight to video. It was direct to Blockbuster. Oh, (laughs) Oh, was it really? It was. Or as uh, (laughs) as Mark said in the interview, direct to tape. That's how he said it. Uh, cool. Yeah, he wasn't so, lying. Uh, if you want to see that, uh, it's up on the Palazzo channel. We also crossed it. I think I 
post it on the Cinema 9 Instagram feed as well. I wanted to try to cross it. We could should probably put it up on our YouTube channel as well. I just didn't get around to do it. It would have been very busy. Either way, it was like a Palazzo is the, how we connect with him because he's the guy who says, hey, this is Rico Palazzo in The Naked Gun, which is just fucking classic. And he was couldn't have been cooler. And cool. maybe tell the people what Hey Enrico Palazzo is, because not everybody knows, because not everybody that listens to us necessarily knows us. It's for the Naked Gun. It's later. No, in no, the no, movie. no, 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 no. What your? It's a podcast that you do. Oh, right? yeah, right, yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. everybody just automatically knows that. They might not know. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you you're really good at this stuff. You should have done this. Uh, <laughs> yes, I do. A, it's a fantasy baseball podcast, and it's called Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. It's a tribute to that exact moment and that guy. So the fact that we finally connect with the guy who said it, it's like. Universe is colliding. It's like, we'll never top the moment. He gave us the blessing on the logo, even though we made him with a blue face and everything. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he said when he, he first saw it, he's like, what in the hell is that? And he said it just like that. The guy was very cool. He was very reasonable. And he answered every damn question that I had. I I wish, uh, I don't know. I should have come up with more questions, but I wanted to cover, we covered basically every big role he was in. So if you want to know more about Mark Holton and his career, go check it out on our Instagram feed, a Palazzo podcast, YouTube channel, two L's, two Z's. And he also has a store. I'll throw it out there too. Cause he was nice to us. Um, Mark Holton store.com. He'll sign prints. He'll sign shirts with all of his favorite characters on it and stuff. Very cool, dude. Follow him on yeah. Instagram. That's the best place to hang out with him. Official Mark. Holton. Well, check him out on cameo because for a very small, modest fee, you can get birthday wishes, pep talks, you know, anniversary wishes from the man himself who you basically grew up with in front of your television. So go to cameo.com. Mark Holton. <laughs> Will he fade his face up as Gacy and do a cameo for me? Is that something I the want? The price is right. I bet you There's some tip. horror people out there who are weird and I know they're going to, they, he said they're into it. So that's not my cup of tea. Cause I kind of think it's colliding into a real world thing that actually happened, but either way, Mark Holton is the best. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, thank you, Mark. That's very cool. And thank you, Mike, for having your first, like, I mean, congratulations, I guess, Mike, not thank you, but congratulations on your first movie star interview. Big deal for, for you as a podcaster. It's pretty cool. It's a weird thing, dude. It is weird because, like, I didn't want to kiss his ass, but I right. also wanted to let him know that I appreciate. I didn't want to. There's this thing where people make fun of people, you know, like they'll have them on the air and they'll kind of rip on them in a way. And I didn't want it to be like that. I just wanted to ask him questions and kind of just get his take on life and what it's like to be in the movies. And he was all thing? about that. People like, yeah, come on my podcast so I can make fun of you to strangers. Well, yeah, I mean, if people are like, because, let, hey, let's bring this guy on. and He won't know that we're making fun of him. And later on, you know, the Daily uh, oh, Show oh, mastered yeah, that, yeah, all that yeah, kind yeah. of thing, you know, where they oh, kind yeah. of turn the tables. And I didn't want to do that at all. That would be awful. I agree. I wouldn't. But people kind of like that are. shit. Why would There's it even cross of... your mind, dude? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of fucked up people out there. I've seen all the entertainment in the world. What can I tell you? But hey, I, hey, 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 hey. I wish Chris could have been there. He was supposed to be there. Deary, I know it was very sad that he was stuck at work. And uh, that's too bad. Yeah, because he loves Teen Wolf so much. So sorry, Deary. Condolences, Deary. All right. So the <laughs> the other um, movies I watched besides Suicide Squad and Val, it's been a busy week for me. Uh, at, at again, the American uh, Horror, the American All American Spook Show podcast recommendation. Um, I watched this movie called Wolf Cop from twenty fourteen. Have you seen it, Eric? <laughs> no, no. I gotta say, Wolf Cop's pretty fucking good. Like, I was surprised. I mean, it's obviously like it's like an hour and ten minute movie. It's called Wolf Cop. Speaking of Teen Wolf, <laughs> he's a cop. And a yeah, wolf. It's, it's fucking Teen Wolf, but he's a cop instead of a basketball player. But there's, <laughs> but there's still like for one, most memorable werewolf transformation in film history, hands down. And two, like, um, 
it's genuinely like I mean, it's, yes, it's funny and it's making fun of itself, but there's actually like not a not a not bad story going on there as far as like you know like it's making fun of itself. But there's actually still like a decent plot. So as far as horror comedy goes, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, Let's back up. You're you're putting Wolf Cop transformation up against. The legendary Rick Baker American Werewolf in London, <laughs> which I've always preferred Rob Bottin's, uh, you know, the Howling since I've seen howling. that at least. But, yeah, I've heard uh, you say that. Wolf Cop. But uh, yeah, Wolf Cop. Um, but when I say I didn't say best, you'll note I said memorable, memorable and wow. maybe not for the reasons you might think. Um, so yeah, but it was still a it was a pretty decent movie. Um, speaking of werewolves. Um, I watched Wolfman's Got Nards from 2018. <laughs> this is the documentary that um, Andre, uh, I believe his name is Andre Gower, the guy that played the main yeah. kid on Monster Squad. This is a whole documentary just about Monster Squad. It's fucking awesome. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it's if you like Monster Squad, uh, Wolfman's Got Nards is streaming on a bunch of different services. It's relatively quick and you know leans heavy on the nostalgia, but what it's about an this inter- one. Monster. Monster. Is this the same thing? Well, the word monster's involved. Oh, okay. I got it wrong. <laughs> Still going. <laughs> uh, I never I never owned that thing. Did anybody? Oh, know? was yeah, he in the purple James and like. He's blue. And then he a bluish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, actually, you're right. Now it's What's all coming monster? back. It's rushing yeah. back like a therapist session. Um, <laughs> Last but not least, I watched a pretty shit Francis Ford Coppola film called The Cotton Club from 1984. Uh, now, I know he's released a director's cut recently that's supposed to be much corrected. And it is pretty cool to see a young Tom Waits, a young yeah. Nick Cage. Uh, it's cool that Rick, Richard Gere can play the piano and the coronet. Well, that's all cool. Shit movie. Just disjointed oh, as fuck. Went on forever. Just yeah. for it was endless. Term like I mean, I'm, just, I'm just like when I was grateful when it stopped. So, uh, <laughs> but other than that, it was a pretty busy week. So that's it. Shit. Mother of God, uh, that is intense. Richard Gere still doing stuff? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, he's breathing. Like right? uh, Here it is, by the way. Look at that. There you go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With the uh, the, the handcuffs, yeah, it's all rushing back. Yep, good times. Love that dude. He's a good guy. All right, Eric Branson, what have you been watching? Uh, Travis, can, you can't drop Travis's watch list. He's been a busy boy. Dude, speaking of monsters, like, you know, last week I talked about the subterranean documentary Dark Days. So I kind of stayed in a uh, subterranean universe and watched, <laughs> watched this fucking movie, uh, Chud? Yeah, <laughs> Chud? 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 Hey, Chud Pud. Cannibalistic humanoid underdwellers. Yeah, uh, we've all heard of it. I've never actually seen it. It's been on my I, list for a while, though. I fucking watched it on Tubi. Like, I'm, I, I turn it on, like, you know, how bad could it be? We got like monsters under in the sewers. Uh, right. John Hurd, Daniel Stern. It's, it's fucking horrible, man. It's <laughs> it's not good. Like, it's even like it's even worse than I thought it would or even could be. Like, it's really dumb. Chud Pod, if you approve of Chud, <laughs> let us know because I found it. To be total trash, uh, you know, not good. Um, Sounds like Chud Pud would absolutely have to watch Chud. I don't know how that could not happen. He likes Chud, but I I don't understand this. It's horrible. I did really fucking enjoy 1959's House on Haunted Hill, the original William Mm, Castle, Vincent Price film. Like, come on, I no, ain't no, come on, like you scared. 
Well, no. It, it was eerie. And, and for the time, there's some genuinely, genuinely like eerie sequences. The blind and, lady walking through the dark. The blind lady walking through the dark. And like just, just the setup of the story, I think, was really interesting just for kind of the campy late 50s horror, run of the mill horror. Yeah, interesting. True. Like, uh, and Vincent Price, he, he could act. I, I didn't, never knew he actually. Even I love Vincent Price. I, mean, I, yeah, love what am I, talking Price, about? I take like, it back. Like, oh, take it back immediately. Scary old man with the voice, but like he's really good at it. It's just co the conniving host of this. To a generation, he's just going to be known as the thriller guy. Yeah, thriller voice. <laughs> thriller voice. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> oh, here it is. Here it is. Chud is pretty great. great. It's trash 80s horror. It's, it's so dumb. Even the monsters I mean, are so dumb. Did you try <laughs> watching it drunk? <laughs> I was stone cold sober. No, go back and watch Ew. it drunk. I find that the, the, the you know some sometimes like the really subpar '80s trash goes good with a couple of beers. Well, dude, <laughs> I wasn't done with subterranean horror because I took you up on alligator? '80s alligator. All right, fucking loved it. It's awesome. It's it, I fucking loved it. I watched <laughs> Alligator Two: The Mutation right after it, and I also loved it. Like alligator horror. Yeah, I, they, love, they, I love every alligator. I even love Lake Placid. You give me an alligator. Oh boy, Mike! This is the this this character was the inspiration for Max Cherry and in, in, in Jackie Brown. Literally, he based that character and wrote it for Robert Forster because yeah, of this movie. You might like it. There's a fan huh. theory that it might even be the same guy that defeated no, yeah. the alligator in the sewer. Oh, well, I think okay, it, I, I might think have basically, watched yeah, it's basically yeah. the same fucking character. Really. I didn't know subterranean horror was a genre. So it definitely is, man. Um. You know sewer what? rats? Is there like a sewer rat horror movie somewhere? Yeah, rats. Be... Rats with a Z at the end. <laughs> is there an exclamation oh, point? Rat boy. Well? Rat boy? Oh, yeah. Never forget Rat Boy. Rat boy. Rat boy film. We got greenlit. <laughs> Been a while since we brought up Rat Boy. It has. That was a staple for a minute. Oh, wait. <laughs> Capped off the week with 2007's Enchanted. The uh, Amy Adams Enchanted. What? The Disney movie? Yeah, Amy Adams is like this Disney princess. Oh, Patrick, yeah, 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 Patrick yeah, yeah. Dempsey? Arsden, Patrick it was okay. Oh, it's yeah, wow. I, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it was fun. I, I loved a, it. What am he's ashamed. By the way, podcast people, he's doing the ashamed face. <laughs> I am. But you know what? God bless it. Because it was an interesting original story. And I like the numbers by Alan Menken. And there you have it. Hmm. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Some people said it's not fun, but you said it is fun, so that's great. Yeah. I never saw that one, but it's like a it's a modern day retelling, right? Yeah, yeah, it's fucking it fucking great. Okay, cool. Uh, Did you watch right. any movies, Michael? Uh, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I love it when I watch movies. <laughs> we can't see what you're seeing, bud. On your ceiling, bro. <laughs> I know. I, I, I uh, it's so funny. I've gone through my recently watched. There's a. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few, few movies that we can't mention here. This is pornography. Uh, no, been watching pornography. Yeah. We don't normally well, include I, porno in our quarantine. It's been a long days. time, and uh, I kind of went back and kind of looked at my old files. So uh, there's a couple from there. Yeah, I was, but I was watching it. I genuinely, I'm honest, I'm not kidding. I watched a porno oh, I tell called Chameleons, and it's like an hour and forty minutes. And it's like really, really high end and well done. It's so funny. It hang made on, me hang laugh. On, you sat from beginning to end. <laughs> Like, I, like I watched did, it I, like it was a movie. I did. I didn't think I would, and then uh, I remembered I'd watched it like twelve years ago, and this is like a classic, apparently. So very, so, very wait, high whoa, whoa, end. Whoa, 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 whoa. You watched it for the second time. I want you to go to your watch list, okay? I want you to like go to your watch list, find all the movies that are on it that are of equal time, and ask yourself, <laughs> should I? <laughs> 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's the plot? Yeah. Uh, Who, yeah. Who's the star? Who we got? We got uh, is that a Jill Kelly feature. Deidre Holland. Deidre Holland. Yeah, I remember that name vaguely. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's some guy named Rocky in it. I think that's common too. Yeah. Some okay. faces you might recognize, but not. Not the huge stars of the day like Janine and all those people. No, no. But it is from that era, like late 90s. Anyways, it's an interesting story. It's about chameleons. They're aliens. They've turned into like sex fiends. I mean, if I was an alien, you know, I get it. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that, was, that was an interesting movie. Uh, but I watched other stuff too. Uh, I have to admit, though, I started, I wanted to. I wanted to do it. I started watching Sopranos over again because Travis has been doing like the one episode thing and listening to the episodes that yeah yeah I'm, I'm talking Sopranos their podcast yeah. are doing and uh, yeah. I I want to check out that pod still but I started watching the I finished the first season and now I just started season two because yeah. oh, yeah, I only watched go it for it. the first time in 2016 so this is actually the first watch of actually knowing what happens now wow I didn't yeah. know that about you. You know, there's we talked a, about it a long time ago, but I, I, I wouldn't remember that either. So you'd be happy to learn that the uh, the oral history of the of the like the podcast is like we're making a book, and the oral history of the Sopranos is coming out in November, and they've named the book "Woke Up This Morning." So, <laughs> Woke up this morning, which uh, we've been known to sing once or twice. They bring up the skip intro every time in HBO Max, and I'm like, I, I just can't do it. No Sometimes I'm like, oh, I gotta hear this. I gotta hear this. It's catchy, it's catchy tune. Love it. Yeah, I've been watching Sopranos this week too, of course. Yay! The podcast that they do is interesting because it's like, hey, listen to two old friends, uh, just their relationship just just dissipate in real time. Like they're not having the experience that we have. Like we've we've only become closer doing this. These guys clearly are like growing apart. <laughs> really. On. It gets pretty fucking awkward sometimes, honestly. I mean it's wow. it's funny and I like it and and but sometimes like like it's like clear like there's like clear tension. <laughs> and I'm like I don't know like like uh, Steven Sharipa just like, hey, you fucking high-headed me, you fucking, you fucking egoist, you fucker. And like, and, and Imperial is like, what the fuck did I do? I, what? Like, <laughs> what are you, what are you saying this to all these people for? It's, it's funny. But Maybe they should bring in Massive Genius, you know, and then uh, oh, yeah, have yeah, a sit yeah. down with Hesh. Maybe they could all fork it out. He does come on. Jerry Adler comes on. Bokeem doesn't make it. Does not make it appear. Jerry Adler's still alive. That's great. Jerry Adler's still alive. Uh, Dominic Kianese comes on. He's still alive. This that's pretty cool. Okay, I'm, yeah, it's just another reason to check it out. Um, but yeah, that, that was pretty much it. I forgot to mention last week, and I told Travis this after the show, I'd watched The Hunt, not Mads Mikkelsen's, but the 20... Okay. The 20? other hunt. yeah, The one that came out that got delayed because of the Vegas shooting right. for a couple of years. Because the president didn't like it. Oh. The president didn't like it? Trump literally like made a tweet about the movie, and then they canceled it right after that. Oh, well, I thought it was because of the Vegas shooting, because it was supposed to come out right after that, too. That was and another reason. And, and no, no, like if that, that was like, that was like tensions that were high. Hard, tensions were high around that time. It, you know, good thing they weren't before or after between the right and the left, but tensions were right. high. And, uh, and Trump put out some tweet, mentioned the movie by name and like saying it was going to be destructive. I don't remember his exact wording, but like, oh, okay. Well, like, that makes sense know, too. That's like, what the movie's uh, about. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was like, you know, a good, it was, it was a classic example of, uh, what do they call that? Prior restraint, right? Basically. Cool. Mm-hmm. Both those things were at play. I mean, it was a weird time. It's a very violent movie for sure, but it's also typical of the genre, right? So, yeah. And honestly, like, if you're a right wing person, if you're a left wing person, you're gonna find something to like about it. But either way, that doesn't make it a good movie, in my opinion. What about <laughs> Eric? Have you seen this one? No, I, I would watch Betty Gilpin do laundry for eight straight hours. Uh, but I've, I've heard that before from many people. Yes. So, I've never seen it. Luke Horlbeck. 
forced me to watch it essentially, and I promised him because if I didn't watch it, he would have killed me. But um, because he he's you. a left, oh, he would have killed me like in a way that they kill people in the hunt to kind of make an example of me. I think that's mm. what he was. That's not really true for people who don't know Luke. He would never hurt anybody like that. So disclaimer: Our friend Luke is not a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Good job. But uh, you know, it wasn't as great as he said it was. It kind of it kind of faded out for me by the time the movie was over. And it's very premisey. Oh, very premisey, and it's got some fun people in it, like Baron Holds and Glenn oh, yeah. Howerton and uh, shit. Uh, obviously Betty Gilpin, and then Amy Madigan. She's Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank, of course, but Amy Madigan saying, don't drink that poison. That that made me laugh. That might have been the joke of the movie for me because he's drinking pop. But if you see the film, you'll realize why it's funny. Anyways, it's okay. Check it out if you want to. Otherwise, who gives a shit? That's it. There you go. There's your quarantine viewing picks. I have not been watching many movies. I've just been thinking about society a lot. Oh, there it is. Five, four, five. (laughs) Don't forget to follow us on all the standard social medias. Instagram, Cinema 9 Pod. You can check out that Mark Holton interview. Uh, who knows what we'll get next? Maybe Paul Schrader's coming on. Who knows? Who knows what we're going to bag? I feel confident that Eric is going to bag someone big here in the next two months. Right, Eric? If we get Michael Imperioli and we like he like pisses us off and we're like, hey, dude, shut the fuck up, Michael. I'm talking to you. <laughs> I feel like Michael's probably busy. <laughs> if he, Yeah, I'm sure if he hears that, that'll be a reason for him to come on, no doubt about it. But uh, either way, we welcome all of you. Five-star rating, Apple Podcasts. That'd be great. Please, pretty please. Thank you very much. And uh, Aaron wants everyone to know that Chud is rated at a 5.6 on IMDb. It's not bad. Not too shabby. Yeah, that's not bad. Not too shabby. All right. Well, now it's time for Eric's secondary pick. I thought we were going for the 2000. Are we ever going to know what the 2010 movie was? No, I might bring it back. Okay. God, I was really hoping for that one. But that's okay, because you chose 2001's. The man who wasn't there. What kind of man are you? What kind of man are you? I mean, I'd understand if you came in here and socked me in the nose, whatever. I deserve it. I'm not proud of what I did. Yeah, I paid up. As you well know. But then I went and found the pansy. Oh, you got nothing to say, huh? Well, you know the story. I didn't. I had to beat it out of the pansy. It's in black and white, too. So if you don't like black and white movies, then don't watch this movie because there's no color. It's not like one of those movies where, like, it turns to color like Pleasantville. No, it's all black and white the whole time. But it's got a hell well, of a cast. At least there isn't subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's got some of Travis's personal all-time favorites. I mean, really James dumb. Gandolfini, fucking yeah. Al- Alito. <laughs> Shaloub. Yep, another one. Yep, yep, there it is. Fucking Bozo the Hut. Alito, Shalou, Badalucci. Jenkins. Jenkins, fucking Richard Jenkins, showing up and just offering up his daughter to whoever. Yeah, pretty much. Kind of hardly there. It's like he's, oh, Richard Jenkins in this. Not really. I think he's Uh, the man who wasn't there. The movie's about him, right? (laughs) It may be, yeah. The absent father who lets 50 year old men hang out with his teenage daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyways, uh, all right. So. Eric, you chose this movie. Take us back in time, man. 
I saw it at the State Theater in Ann Arbor, and you know, you know it as like the little, like the tiny little theater upstairs. Uh, and I, I walked out of the theater bl blown away. I remember like um, telling a lot of people, just no one was talking about it. And it's one of those Coen Brothers movies that preceded that, like Coen Brothers slump. Uh, I think is very fair and tolerable cruelty and the lady killers. And it, I think it gets slumped into those um, kind of, for some reason, um, lesser, lesser fair from the, from the team. So I don't think a lot of people checked it out upon initial release, but I'm telling you, I walked out of the theater blown away, mostly because I was this big existentialist and I was reading like Sartre on my lunch breaks. So it had a profound impact on me at the time mostly because of what I was going through in my life and my own alienation and this and that. So I really identified with the character. Spent about 15 years. Yeah, shocker, by the way. Francis McDormand's in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you, Travis? Do you remember seeing this film? Um, I didn't see it in theaters. Uh, I remember I caught it on uh, DVD. I can't remember where I was in the world at the time. It came out in, let's see, November 16th of 2001. Yeah. So I would have been in Florida at the time. I would have, uh, yeah, I caught this one on DVD, I believe. Uh, but I, I, I definitely was impressed. Uh, you know, I was already a big Coen Brothers fan. This was the follow-up to oh, to oh Brother, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So while I was in film school, uh, Abwat was, uh, you know, tremendous. Like it was blue. Like we were all very taken with this yeah, movie. Right. Um, Not me. So. Well, I'm talking about the when the little specifically my class at Full Sail University oh. in, the, in the year 2001. Come on, okay. Mike. So I yeah, want to get on the record. Have nothing to do with you. All right. It's okay. Fine. <laughs> anyway, so um, so I watched it very soon afterwards. You know, Roger Deakins. Oh, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like really worked up about it and really into it. Uh, and funnily enough, you know, when I picked Clockers, I told you guys this already. But when amazing. I picked, when I picked Clockers uh, in my, on my last viewing choice i was weighing clockers and the man who wasn't there and i was like oh, i'll do the man who wasn't there next time it's unbelievable and, and it just kind of came out that way so there you I go you know i don't know what that says but that's fascinating says something. Yeah. That's, that's something it's cool good for you guys uh, i never seen this movie ever so this wow. is my first viewing again and uh, again just never caught my interest <laughs> just looks like i i never really sat through old brother where art though i don't know if i've ever actually sat through it i don't know if i've seen it but i've not seen it again like i know all these scenes and john goodman's talking like an asshole and somebody's talking under a tree and somebody's saying hey dumb shit and there's like people singing songs about hey here, here, here. uh something about burying a treasure do not seek the treasure maybe that sounds like you have seen it that's very accurate yeah. sounds <laughs> like you've seen chameleons twice but you've seen two major coen brothers films. <laughs> Chameleons twice, <laughs> old Mike. Chameleons twice, go over here. Yeah, never gonna. That's permanent now. That's that's <laughs> gonna be a part of the future. But uh, yeah, this, so I watched it, and I didn't even know this was a Coen Brothers film until you just mentioned it because I didn't even look that up. I just watched Jesus. it. You didn't notice in the blazing credits across the beginning of the film. Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't show their names. So yes, they did. Did they? Yeah. I didn't see their Coen Brothers names in the opening titles. It seemed like the producer, there. writer, and then just, director. <laughs> I really did not notice that at all. Maybe it's I'm like wrong. The, Maybe I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure they did. I, it's like the movie know. just kind of jumped in. Yeah. Hell, I've got the, it right the, here on the screen. I'm going to go. The look back fantastic. Here. The way it kicks off against oh, that yeah. barber thing, and like you got like the shadows it's, laying behind the font. Yeah, see, dude, it's got all these. It's very striking. Wait, does it say a Coen Brothers film? That's the thing. It says um, it's all these I mean, names I don't recognize. Like, you know. Produced Working by title. Ethan Cohen. USA Films presents. Are you going to like sit that? here and make the audience wait? A working title production. 
to like get to the. No, I just I just want to see these opening credits. So you're gonna sit here and watch yeah, the It doesn't credits. say the Coens. It doesn't. It says it at the end of the, of the opening credits. It says directed by Ethan Cohen or Joel Cohen. I always forget which one's which. I, I okay. Maybe I'm wrong. That's all, all the credits name. Either way, uh, at any rate, this is a big way to explain how you didn't do your homework. <laughs> John Polito's a cool guy. You know, James Gandolfini's cool. I remember yeah, seeing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. See, see, it introduces all the actors' name, and then it says the man who wasn't there. And then and staring at this barber cylinder again and again and again and again and again. Right. Maybe and, they expected people to, you know, know who they were by that point. Maybe they thought they had earned your respect, Michael. You know what it was? It's <laughs> staring at that barber <laughs> cylinder. Whatever yeah, the fuck like, that thing's called. I've been really puzzling yeah. over what you call those things. You yeah, know what the history behind that? It's one of my favorite fun facts yeah. of, of blood. Anything. Yeah, it's bloodletting service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it represents blood. The, the blood. They, there's not a single credit in the opening about any of the behind the scenes. Okay, cast. all right. Okay, all right. We got you, I just want to make sure I wasn't crazy. So. Yeah, because well, I would have remembered. You're not diligent, but you're also not crazy. Don't That's worry. right. Well, I was diligent <laughs> watching the film. I definitely watched the movie to a T. No fast forwarding. Um, uh, all right. So, uh, you know, is this a film that has a good rating on IMDb? And knowing now that it's yeah. a Coen Brothers movie, I did not look it up. So I'm I did. Gonna venture. Yeah, I, I can't help myself, man. I, I've always got to look at the cast as I'm going. I'm like, who? you know, I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah. Abraham Ben Ruby's in this. <laughs> like, I, don't, I always <laughs> got to like, dig it up. I'm getting really good at just. Looking to the left real quick and sliding up so I could see the cast without <laughs> looking good. at the numbers. Yeah. So I'm going to say this is definitely the sevens because the Cohen brothers probably a seven three. Eric, keep you know, going. keep going. I know oh, it too. Yeah, it's seven five. Seven five. Yeah, oh, it's right. an elite status. Yeah, that's yeah. not. A, it's good. It's yeah, not like I would eight. say it's not yeah. an eight. Seven 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 eight. You start getting pretty leave. Definitely eight. Right. Eight yeah. is. Yeah. What was the one that was a seven eight recently? I was like, wow, shit. What was that? Uh. It was before Chud? Clockers. Was it, was it Chud? Chud? <laughs> was it Chameleons? Was it Chameleons? I don't know. It was Chameleons one two? I'm sure there's a Chameleon <laughs> two, right? Chameleon Origins. By the way, Chameleon uh, Origins. <laughs> God damn a Wolverine it! Wolverine story. <laughs> I also mixed this movie up growing up over the years um, with the Bill Murray movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem with these yeah. fucking vague titles. I'm not there. You're not there. He's not there. We're not here. Where Where are we? It's not a memorable title. Yeah. Title. That's true. Okay, at least you admit that. Uh, 81 percent for the critics. 85 percent from the audience. Very yep. tight scores. Rock solid scores. Uh, critics say overwhelmingly this is an excellent film. Although it's not in the 90s and it's not in the upper 80s, so this has some criticisms, and I don't mm. want to ruin it for anyone. But you know. Wow. That's People. this is the part of the segment where we check out the criticisms. We got Destin. This, this is prime Destin time. Prime Destin. Yeah, prime I, assume, I assume we're gonna find Destin. Hope. Oh, Goody Coons and Destin. We'll be looking for Goody Coons and Destin. It's like Christmas. <laughs> we'll, I, we'll see if we find them. I, okay. No promises. Oh, I, thought you, I thought you'd already. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't want to make any promises. How about Todd McCarthy from Variety? He's kind of known as like an anal guy, right? The film holds. I think he is. The film holds the interest, to be sure, but more due to the sure sense of craft and precise effect that one expects from the Coens than from genuine involvement in the story. You have to sit there, and I did while I'm watching it, and I thought to myself, if we had the same script and someone else directed it, would I like it as much as I used to when it first came out? Because the technical prowess is so overwhelmingly... Uh, I, I'm I'm the present throughout in such a wonderful way. I would agree mm. with that. It's valid points you make here, friend. Uh, yeah, so far no Goody Coons or Destin Thompson. Uh, <laughs> Peter Rayner of New York Magazine says, the man who wasn't there denatures pulp. And although I know this was the Cohen's intention, 
It's not a particularly gratifying one. Their movie isn't there either. Oh, uh, they, 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 what do they say? The nature is pulp. Pulp. It denatures pulp. Yeah. That sounds that like mean? a fucking obscure 70s <laughs> punk band or something. Hey, did you check out Denature's Pulp? <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Although Pulp, uh, they were good in the 80s. Yeah, they had a big hit, didn't they? They did. The common people. Common people. Uh, I don't know if that's how the chorus goes or not, but it is a I song have no idea. by the band Pulp. Uh, how about Tom Long of the Detroit News? A noble failure in the canon of America's <laughs> best sibling film team. Oh, a movie that was there just a bit too long. A noble failure wow, in the canon of America's best sibling film team. Have you team. ever heard a more left-handed fucking compliment? <laughs> a noble <laughs> failure. Failure. That's, that's from Detroit's own. That's fucking great. That is brutal. <laughs> what if someone Here. called you a noble failure? <laughs> Here we go. Destin Thompson. All right. It's Bring been it. a while. Destin. It couldn't. This might be his shortest. And that's saying something because he never says much. I bet it's brief, but, but there's concision here. Let's hear it. The movie dot 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 is wonderfully spirited. <laughs> that sounds like an ellipsis. Like was, something was taken out of that. That's because there was probably those dot dot dots are probably there were I words see, there. It seems it wonderfully spirited. Yeah, why, I why mean, you need the dots. The movie is wonderfully spirited. It sounds like a blurb that someone someone took something out of it to, to me. But I don't see a lot that. of ellipses in any of these other ones. I'm just saying, but yeah, I'll I'll leave it open to interpretation. Either way, he let's, gives it a four and a half out of five stars. So. Let's give Destin the benefit of the doubt here. Come yeah, on. He fun. loved it, apparently. He and uh, Roger Ebert said the man who wasn't there is so assured and perceptive in its style, so loving, so intensely right that if you can receive on that frequency, film is like a voluptuous feast. I was gonna say, what a wonderful uh, review until he got to the word voluptuous feast. <laughs> is that like fucking a, a large-breasted woman? Is that what he means? I'm pretty sure it's a coitus with a turkey, like a like a basted turkey, not a live one. That'd be gross, but like, you know, a dead one that's been cooked. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but uh, I can't find Goody Coons. It seems like it's a one-off for Goody Coons. He popped in for uh, whatever the fuck movie that was, and he disappeared. Oh, Goody Coons, were out though. <laughs> So anyways, uh, I just I read a few bad ones, but most of them are all overwhelmingly positive. All right. Yeah, so. I mean, the film does get accused of kind of being this inside joke between the Coen brothers because they're known for this very bizarre, offbeat, just weird, bonkers kind of humor that they mix in with like classic pulpy noir. Like, and... and I think this is a, a great example of it because you have, while I like the UFOs and stuff, you've got like this serious, morose tale and just this goofy stuff going on, and they go for it. Did you, uh, did you guys watch? I think it was the second season of Fargo, the you know the TV version of the. I haven't seen the Goldberg. TV version. So like, there's like it's a similar thing going on there, and, I, and as I'm watching it, I'm like, shit, they probably got that from 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 uh, that Coen Brothers movie because like just throughout the season these fucking flying saucers just show up and like don't really affect yeah. the film one way or the other and uh similar thing that's happening here which it's interesting the movie takes place in uh, the the late summer early fall uh well and i guess uh, throughout the fall really of 1949 just a couple years after the roswell incident and like the kickoff of the flying saucer kind yeah. of fervor that gripped the nation around that time and i found the character is uh brief as she was 
but beautifully fucking shot uh and nerd nerdinger nerdlinger right nerdlinger um her whole thing where she's like couldn't cope with her husband's infidelity and couldn't cope with her husband's death so instead i mean i thought concocted a whole story about ufos but apparently you know sometimes they'll break you out of prison so you can look at them and nod so they're in the film but because remember at the end of the movie that's what happens they show up they let him out of prison he just walks out looks at him gives him like a, a uh, like a hearty nod and turns around and walks back into his cell, which is probably a dream or something, but I don't know. Yeah, dream God. sequence. Uh, okay, so this movie's about a guy in a barbershop. He's narrating too, so it's like post-World War II, yeah. and it's black and white, so it's already dry as fuck. They're taking you out of it a little bit. It's not for everybody in the fast world of MTV 2001, and I want my MTV, you know, but... Billy Bob Thornton, very popular character and actor at this time, so he could dominate a film. James Gandolfini, The Sopranos are taking over the world at this time as well. Uh, And Francis McDormand has already been an Academy Award winner. So you got a lot of great acting, but it's dry as fuck. Yeah, it's supposed to be. I would argue that, I mean, like, yeah, it might take out, like, like some of the younger viewers, it might take them out of the experience and stuff, but the movie's a a very, you know, obvious and deliberate homage to a, a whole era of filmmaking um, yeah. so in a lot of ways like for me that stuff draws me in like uh, the way that like when the car crash sequence comes and it spins like very like campy style like there's a lot there's enough throwbacks in there that it it pulls me into the film as not being reality but as being like as if it's really taking place in 1949 which i liked that yeah that. it's, well, it's a tribute so you just don't care that it's like you don't care for it being in black and white because you seem to really not like it. That it's, oh, it's fine. It's black and white. It's cool. It's just uh, like we're lo- this guy's life. He hates his life, but he doesn't admit it that he hates it. You know, it's like a very it's like, yeah, she does her thing. And you know what? She likes me because I don't talk. And that's why we got married real quick. And she's fucking James Gandolfi. It's very clear to me. And I just smoke my cigarettes. There's endless cigarettes in this movie. Maybe an all time record. Time? <laughs> I mean, what is it? What is there more of cigarettes or casual racism against Asian people? Ooh, well, that, yeah. That it, oh, yeah. It's it's very, like, you know, it's authentic to the era, but like, it is authentic. It, we we are kind of beaten about the head with it. Like, I, I get it. We, some, 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 there's a few lines where I'm just like, fucking yikes, man. You guys could have pumped the brakes a little bit on this. Like, I mean, we get it. We don't need to have, like, you know, like, all right. That is one of the you, you touch upon an interesting thing because as good as a like a murder mystery noir this is it's actually in my opinion a really good suburban comedy and you know it, it, one of the things it does is it examines these these men who came from this horrible war where at this point in time they only see these people as these enemies that's why they're tossing out like oh Who? and which one oh, which man neither one of no he didn't he's, a, he's he's stolen valor remember he stole the whole war in san francisco yeah he was in oh, san diego yeah, in a boatyard right it was all bullshit none of the characters have spent any time overseas yeah he had art he had bogus arches so billy bob had to sit on his ass which that was interesting to me i have fallen arches so i felt represented i'm sorry bogus fallen arches yeah there's a scapegoat for just shitty behavior <laughs> I'm just glad they got Christopher McDonald in this movie because he belongs in movies like this always, even if it's ever so briefly. So, all right, well, so it's, it is a fun little scene, but like, what is the purpose of it? Is he? A, is it a memory? Oh. Is he in hell? Because like this happens like after the car crash, and yeah, just is, all yeah. of a fucking sudden, like Christopher McDonald is a is a pavement salesman, oh. and his wife is alive again, and the, and they're 
they don't like being around each other. Is this some sort of Sartre kind of like hell of people kind of thing? So Ed is writing his memoir, and I think it's uh, – and he says itself, I'm going to toss stuff in there that you know may not be that appropriate to the narrative, but I'm getting paid by the word. I think he's throwing it in as a memory because he's trying to – he's getting to the point where he's appreciating Doris more and more before he dies and what she did for him. And this is a great example of her purpose in this marriage, which was to save him and protect him from – being so naive as to take on these uh, offers from these asshole salesmen that keep coming. She's like, no, get the fuck out of here. Whereas he would probably just jump right into that investment before he met Tolliver. What, what's, that's a good point and, and interesting. But what, what's funny to me about uh, Tolliver, the, the character that played by John Polito, is that dry cleaning is clearly a great idea. Like this is a good actual investment if Tolliver is for real, which we don't really ever know for sure if he is or not. I suspect that he's not. He offers a receipt twice, but never actually gives it. <laughs> it takes great offense when he's like, hey, you're not going to screw me, are you? Um, so I'm pretty sure he is a con man, but like, damn. Yeah, that's how you I'm, sell it right there. Yeah, but imagine if you did get on the get in on the ground floor of dry cleaning, you'd be fucking, you'd be well to do. So he actually does recognize a good deal. And having pavement instead of, uh, uh, you know, gravel driveway is not the worst thing in the world. It wasn't his money anyways, though, so who cares? Well, he worked for a living. What do you mean? Oh, the $10,000 he ripped oh. off from uh, oh, yeah, Big yeah. Dave. Which so. it's worth mentioning, $10,000 in 1949 is worth over $100,000 today. That's a yeah. no small chunk of change. That's why he was going to open the annex. That was took a lot of money to open that annex, and it wasn't going to happen now. Who would fucking pay that? <laughs> who would fucking a guy pay that? who's so, obsessed yeah, no with this denial. image which we find out later how much yeah. he really is obsessed with his image we didn't even know that's so. true that's, that's a good point. that makes sense now yeah but, but yeah i mean it, it is it's definitely an homage of the period and blah 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 and it comes out in a period out. of time up, up, up. which it doesn't necessarily belong in my opinion but that's not what the point of this uh, the point is does this movie hold up so that's such an interesting point because that's one of my kind of the, the thing that was nagging at me a little bit about the movie it's set in the 1940s, and granted, I'll give it that all the technical flourishes it does are only types of things that you could do in the 40s. There's not a lot of like showboating in terms of like you know digital this and that. Yeah. Uh, but most of your protagonists in the 1940s in this genre are nothing like Ed Crane. They are confident, arrogant go-getters. So to have this person giving us the narrative is like seems a little bit disjointed to be set in this era well i i think that he's also supposed to be a subversion of that trope right i mean like the, totally. I, the, the whole fact that he's a, a generally like, like one of the most laconic characters in film but at the same time as the narrator like he doesn't like he's he doesn't like to talk but he's telling his story and but he calls accessible. himself the modern man as if like he's he's everyone and he's you and your neighbor where people weren't just predominantly like that back then. Well, Schneider, Freddie Riedenschneider says that. Uh, Freddie Riedenschneider is full of shit. <laughs> he's the best. Come on, man. He's he's good at his job, though. Very good at his job. He's all about crafting a narrative to, uh, to bring in reasonable doubt. He is not remotely interested in the truth no, at no, all. No. He's, just, not, he's not interested in helping them. He just wants to win, too. Yeah, which is what you want. It is what you want if your life's on the line. Yeah. If you, yeah. So I don't. I mean, he he doesn't look like himself. Tony Shalhoub really doesn't look like himself in this movie for some reason. It almost looks like he had like like when he's sitting down initially. We first meet him at that diner and he orders all that fucking food. Yeah. To me, it just it, he just looks so different in a way. I don't know what they did. It might be the hair or something, but yeah, he just I don't looked, know. 
He looked a lot I, different to me, and that's not a big deal. It's just something I noticed. So. I didn't see it. I, he, I think it's uh, maybe the most confident character I've ever seen him play. Which oh is, yeah, which is fun. It's very yeah, that's very bold true. and like it's you know. I'm glad this one didn't go to Tucci. This would have been an easy Tucci role. <laughs> Tucci, I love, yeah, I love Tucci. It can always get, it's it's gonna be one or the other or both in right. your movie. If you make a movie, one or the other or both is gonna be in it. It's your option. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I, I I like both of them, but no, this is uh early Scarlett Johansson as well. Is this the same year yeah. as Ghost World? Yeah, I believe so. I don't know if this was her first movie or not. What was her exact oh, first? I remember in uh. North and Home Alone 3, The Horse Whisperer. She's been around. Quite oh, a God. See, I didn't even know that she was a child actor. Every fucking actor grows up from a child actor these days. God Isn't damn. that wild? I never think it of her is. as a child actor, but she's a fucking yeah. child actor. She's, yeah. she's, there's a reason why it feels like she's been around forever. She has. She's been around since 94. Yeah. First time I ever saw her was in Lost in Translation when it came out that year. I'd never yeah. seen those other movies, so I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, Ghost World and this, I, I saw the same year, so that's the year I became uh, aware of. I saw that after the fact, but I never fucking saw North or The Horse Whisperer, so yeah, those were not. <laughs> North. <laughs> North. You're not missing anything. North. The North is an all-time disaster Rob Reiner film. Anyways, this is about <laughs> the man who wasn't there. It's a 2001 film, and we're talking about whether it holds up or not. Uh, yeah, it's got a good story, and I'm actually going to give you credit for that. That is cool that the guy is not a loudmouth. He doesn't like the talkers. You know, let you hear, Shay, I'm a loudmouth. You know, a lot of loudmouth motorboats back in the day and when these movies were actually made in the time period. Yeah. And now we, I like that point. Billy Bob Thornton, he just smokes and he doesn't really have much to offer. He's just kind of there. So yeah, Michael, even though Michael we think Battle maybe the movie is about Richard Jenkins' character, it's definitely <laughs> about Billy Bob too. Yeah, Michael Badalucco, uh, the you know the other barber, that the, the brother of Francis McDormand's character. He, he's he's clearly like that's more the character you'd expect. Yeah, um, and also I gotta say probably the best performance from him that I've seen. Now it's also one of the meteor performances that yeah. you know, roles that he ever got. But uh, he's, yeah. he really does really good work here. I think nails it. Uh, God, yeah. What do I know him from the most? I'm trying to think about it. Summer of Sam, maybe. Yeah, I never saw that one. Um, Leon the Professional. Yep. Yep. Anyways, you don't like Mozart, or you don't like Beethoven. Sorry. (laughs) Oh wow. Well, he wasn't bewitched, so. Okay. All right. I remember (laughs) that one. (laughs) Caught it, but don't remember Uh, it. So what else about this bozo movie? Well, I mean, does it? I think it bothers a lot of people that uh, our central character is just so detached from everything, like. He doesn't really seem to care that much that he's getting cheated on. And uh, it, it, to have someone that doesn't really seem to care that much about their own destiny, why should we care? I mean, I think he does care, though. I mean, I think that's why he fucking like he he is pretty much fine with letting it happen because he's clearly a very passive guy who lets his life wash over him. But once he hears about this deal um it's gonna be his way out right like he 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 thinks like um like finally i will leverage somehow this situation that's been working against me like i think of that scene when he's shaving her legs for her in the bathtub and he and he talks a lot about like hair it's a part of us and we throw it away and and all this stuff there's a lot of talk about hair and i guess it's supposed to be meaningful um but I do think that like when she says, I love you and she doesn't even look up at him, he doesn't answer, but he looks at her. And I think there's a lot in that look. Like you don't love me. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure I love you. Yeah. Aww. Definitely. I'm kind of a marriage of convenience, which is kind of surprising towards the end when he, you know, he literally says like maybe in another life, like I can tell her this or that, like what, what, what is he talking about? Does he have <laughs> these deeper feelings about that? He didn't, 
No, well, he. It's like what Trevor said. He appreciated her more after the fact. Maybe possibly that scene where they're with the guy in the pavement cellar. That she's. He's realizing more and more that he. Eric said that. Oh, all right, Eric, you said that. He appreciated her now, and he's appreciating her more after the fact, sacrificing her life. Um, and even though she drank a lot at that Italian wedding, and old Bozo Fest had to congratulations eat on the goddamn cherries. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was kind of funny, but you know this movie's not that funny at all to me. I didn't really. I tried I to laugh once. a few times. You laughed, laughed once. I laughed when the cops come and he thinks that they're coming to arrest him, but they're actually coming to tell him that his wife has been arrested. Oh yes! And the yes! one cop is like, "Uh, Pete's got something to tell you." I had ah, to laugh at that. That was. I forgot funny. about that. They're fucking obsessed with this shit detail shit more than detail. what he's <laughs> gonna be told. It's like yeah. this shit detail that, that did make funny. me laugh. That was the best scene in the movie for me. I'm not even kidding. I can't believe I forgot that. That's a pretty good scene. Actually. That's fucking happens, hilarious. I, that same thing happens. That's why I, I love these. Uh, Cohen brothers characters because they're so self-centered the guy that has to go and tell him that doris was yeah. pregnant even after he delivers this horrible news he's like yep. there it ah, is again fuck, man I, I can't believe i had to do this <laughs> <laughs> well that's none of my business like yeah none of this was any of your fucking business pal <laughs> yeah what the fuck i mean what's it gonna help this guy to know that you know she's pregnant now what a fucking asshole we hadn't uh, had the sex act in several years yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the yeah sex that, act. Those- <laughs> those two cops are classic Coen Brothers writing. That's really good. Yeah, That's yeah. what they do that best, man. Because it's just well too shitty. If I was those guys, the real guy, guys who got cast those characters, like, oh, this is a fucking great part. I love this. And it's so minute in the overall scheme of the movie. But that's when they're at their best, in my opinion. These small roles, these these moments, like in Lebowski or in uh, Barton Fink. All these. There's so many, so many. But anyways, uh, yeah, it, it's up. It's not a fun movie, though. To me, it's not fun. It's no. interesting, and it's obviously gorgeously shot, and all these amazing right. lighting schemes. Even with the black and white setups, just when they're in the jail and the private oh. dick comes in to lay out the story. Yes, that that is a really lovely shot. I if give that full. Reading Snower is standing in the light, like with like with the bars across him. Yeah, and he's telling the yeah. tale about the new theory, and uh, and it kind of looks like there's a UFO above him, and it brings back this motif of like. I love all the UFO and alien stuff. I mean, for a lot of people, that's the their their biggest thing. Is like, why why is this in there? But like you said, like this is the 1940s, and you, people are maybe like, I'm sure they were questioning the the concepts of God and Catholicism, especially in this after World War II. So they're turning to other possibilities, and I think they're showing us like these aliens as this new thing. Like maybe this is a chance to, to maybe get out of this world or, or have an opportunity um, that you can't even begin to comprehend. So even Dave's wife thinks that this may be something extraterrestrial. And even he, I think at the prison is, is thinking to himself, well, I wish aliens were, were real so they can offer me a chance to get out of there. And he's clearly leaving all these like pulpy magazines. So there may be something there. Um, yeah, maybe to go back to the way it looks and the way it's shot and this distractingly gorgeous film that it really is, uh, now, you know, all kinds of praise heaped on Roger Deakins here, but I, I do want to like bring something up, which, um, I'm, so I was talking about, Oh brother, we're out thou and how that blew us all away when we were at, when film school, my class yeah. specifically at full sale 2001, um, 
we were all pretty blown away. And then we learned about Quantel, which is like uh, color correction. And we saw we saw footage of that film before color correction. It was like, oh. Dirty field. <laughs> yeah, it looks like fucking anything. And I, I could have shot this. And, um, and I went, and, not literally, of course, but I mean, like, it, it was a lot less impressive once I realized the role that color co- correction played. And this film, wow. this film, Roger Deakins is, is not Conrad L. Hall. This is not in cold blood. This was not shot with like the appropriate lights and colors and stuff that would make it exceptionally difficult to film in black and white. Cause they shot it in color and then just right. corrected it afterwards. They shot it in really drab tones. And I actually found like website that like just literally like tracks the whole movie side by side in color and in, um, and in Did black it, and white. And it's just like, movie? yes. Yeah. Oh, because I heard that they did all of this in the old school lab and, and did not do the color digital. Grading. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, the, the, well, I mean, I'm telling you, it was shot in color. Like the film was, it yeah, was shot yeah. in color film. Um, now, I don't know that they use Quantel necessarily to uh, in this case, but I'm just Co-Intel saying. Quantel Pro? Uh, yeah, it sounds kind of like that word that has nothing to do with it. Um, so, but I mean, so th- it brings up a fascinating thought for me. Like I've been puzzling this uh, since I watched the movie, which like. How much does it matter if the movie looks gorgeous, then the movie looks gorgeous. And if it was done with ease and, you know, that makes sense that, you know, it's been decades since in cold blood, like it it makes sense. Uh, uh, On the other hand, like uh, I have a lot, like it's when you look at a gorgeously shot black and white film, like part of me wants to appreciate because of the expertise and my expected expertise is that like the colors and the lights are just, completely foreign to what the human eye would expect to how color filming would work um, under ordinary circumstances. So it, it just kind of, I don't know, opened up a door of doubt or something. Yeah. Trevor, open I'm the door. So glad you brought that up because I felt the same way. I thought oh, boy. beacons elevated the material and it wasn't, you know, the material just benefiting from this additional uh, Zathura cinematography, particularly for me, so when don't Doris, be that guy. I got to. When Dor, it, it's 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 discovered that Doris died and she hung herself tragically. Okay. He gave her the dress with the belt. And then the movie just keeps fucking going. And then, go well, immediately <laughs> after they discover this news, the camera follows. It's like attached to the gavel, and then Bataluco's like weeping, and you almost want to laugh because he's so silly. It's like. What what is this? How how am I supposed to feel bad for Doris when you're throwing all this shit at me in the cinematography and the silly performance? So mismanaged tone in in areas for me. I didn't want to laugh. Yeah, I didn't find that humorous. I didn't find Bataluco's performance there humorous person. <laughs> I, th- I thought he was a wreck. I mean, I just I yeah, just he was a wreck. I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't so. laughing at him because I have empathy. <laughs> <laughs> Might be my problem because I, I don't feel bad for other people. <laughs> I do like killing small animals. I've seen them. <laughs> yeah, but... You want to talk about style over substance, man? Come on now. Well, so that's that's kind of uh, what I ended up sort of walking away thinking is that this movie looks great. It's well acted. I mean, it's excellently acted on paper in so many ways. This is gorgeous. I mean, I mean, it's good. But it, there is like, um, I got up and walked away a lot. I got up and go and went wow. and did other things. I would get up pretty often to like, yeah, let's go see. I don't know what's in this room of my house. 
<laughs> get a tour of your own home you've been living yeah, in? Yeah, like, I mean, find <laughs> to fidget with for a minute, maybe some laundry to fold. Right. Yeah, I haven't been in this closet in a while. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Like, is it because you already knew where the story was going or the, you know, the classic <sighs> narration? What, I kind of forgot a lot of the story. I just wasn't all that into it. Um, and there's a lot that, like, I mean, again, okay, so they're getting paid by the word. I'm not getting paid by the minute to watch it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, you know, all this stuff about Birdie, which is, like, it's somewhat interesting, but it goes a lot more into detail with all that. For one, like, what did you expect this poor girl to do, Ed Crane? Like, you are a much older man showing an extreme amount of interest in her. Of course she's going to, like, read you the wrong way. Um which I, but also like, is it even the wrong way? Because like, he's clearly jealous when he sees her talking to a boy her own age. I don't know. So the, all that's Freddy? like, yeah. Well, I don't remember. Is that Hello, sir. Yeah, Freddie. <laughs> Hello, sir. Nice to meet you, Mister Crane. To his back. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, you know, so I'm not saying like I had huge issues with this. Oh wow, a movie from the turn of the you know last most recent We've century. We all got issues. Yeah. This is well. I'm just saying like this is a common thing in movies from around that oh, time. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the older man and the younger woman, and it's actually done a little bit better than most of these kind of films around that time, like Beautiful Girls and stuff. But still, it's just Whoa. like what, why? What, what am I supposed to be well, getting from this? That he wants to like uh, force his shit onto someone else, and she'd make a good typist someday. Like, what does this matter? Like, I'm not sure why. I'm never no way. Any professional interest in music, she flat right. out tells him she's right. not interested. It's basically like for a like one grade on some test. It's all for him. A rehearsal. Yeah. And, and and it's not even. I could appreciate it more if if he like wanted to sincerely like like help her, but it's purely selfish, man. And and you got all this talk about him being his own person and this and and that he's doesn't he's he doesn't call himself a barber and yet he cuts his hair, but. But he wants to um bauble. Hey bauble. But he, he wants to like make, make her treat. this like um what is that? What is that? Um god damn it, I'm gonna get a Pygmalion type figure Ooh. where he sees this talent and she and he's like, Oh, you have to be this now because I've been told since I know how to cut hair, I have to be a barber. He doesn't want to be a barber. No, because everything sucks in his life. And he thinks she's the one good thing. He's pulling that whole thing like, yeah. I want to do something good. He mentions that to her. You got to do this. Yeah. I have seen so much wasted talent and just everything wasted in my life. And I'm not going to let this one thing. You're not old enough. He tells her that directly. But then she still, yeah, it still doesn't go the way he wants he it to. I so. think it would have helped her more if he would have been genuinely interested in whether or not she was interested in pursuing music. Because, yeah, because again, it's not about him. It's I mean, it's not about her. It's all about him and his wants. And he's not a like, crazy assumption, though, right? I mean, she plays music all the fucking time. <laughs> but you know, but she is not passionate about it. When he talks to her about it, like she's not, she's not passionate about it. And again, she's, yeah, I mean, right. like, and also like he's like making these big grandiose plans about being her manager and like. That Fine. being the next chapter of his life, and like never even stopped to ask her, like, "Hey, is this a thing that you want?" Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you know, I, I understand. So there's some Look, there's some very yeah. interesting things that are happening here, but sometimes they do feel a little bit puffed up and drawn out, especially when that last half hour after Doris's death feels like a lot of extra bonus time. It's kind of like, oh, it's just kind of still going, which I'd already mentioned, but like. I felt I felt like a little with a little bit of uh, streamlining here would have gone a long way. 
Wow. Well, that's fair. That's respectable. I can understand that. I'm going to leave soon because I just want to leave. I can't take this anymore. No disrespect to you guys. <laughs> we uh, can tell. Because, the audience yeah. can tell. It's fine. That's you good. Get, you, you, got really you got a big day. You got a big day for you. Yeah, you do. I've waited a long time for this. So at least right. I made a promise that I would come on for the show still. So I'm proud of myself for that. Sticking I'm to the commitment. Impressed I mean, and, and, and appreciative. Uh, anything else you want to mention before we close it out? No. Travis said Travis's point was so well taken. The, there's not much there to this movie. So why do we need to fill up our podcast pontificating <laughs> on the existential horse shit that's half-baked? <laughs> All right. So what do you think, Eric? Does it hold up? <laughs> <laughs> You've got this odd mixture of film noir and, and, and bizarre comedy and, and neo-noirism. But the movie's not entertaining. I think that's the problem. It's smart. It's really good. It's well acted, but it's not entertaining. That's a problem. Uh, the characters are too detached for me to even give a fuck. Okay. We've got a really good performance by John Polito. I think he probably yeah. does the best performance in, in the movie, and it's often overlooked. Uh, and for Billy Bob Thornton to hold interest, such as it is, by doing nothing but smoking. I mean, there's a lot to say there. He literally just is standing there smoking, and yet you really can't hardly take your eyes off him most of the time. So, you know, does the good outweigh the bad? No, I don't know if I'll be returning to this in the future. I got everything I could out of it, and that's that. It doesn't hold up for me. Wow. Well, you picked it. You ought to know. You bought it. Uh, oh, sure, I'll go next. Uh, ah, this movie's kind of dry. Uh Jason Gandolfini's fantastic. I think he gives the best performance. I mean, Polito's great. Polito's really good in this, but Gandolfini's in his prime here, and it's short-lived, spoiler alert, but um, he gives you everything that I would come to expect from him, and it's a different type of Sopranos role in a way, even though he does yeah. get violent, but uh, it's not that at all. It's very different. Uh, McDormand's fantastic. Uh, she doesn't... She's still doesn't even say as much billy bob obviously says way less but she still doesn't say a ton either because she doesn't like to talk as much and the scene you in the bathtub the, i'm sorry you got the best lawyer in <laughs> california and you kill yourself before the before you even figure out whether or not she, lost she's, case? don't you realize how pissed she was that she got duped by big dave like it really it was clear to me when it. that private dick revealed the truth about him being a a of stolen valor scumbag that she was like laughing but crying about it and that really fucked her up i really believe that's how i interpret well, and she, it. she was carrying his kid too right exactly exactly yeah there you go that's how i see that um decent film i felt like travis i i definitely was like packing things in the other room i had the volume cranked up so i could kind of hear it i'd never even seen this movie before at certain yeah. points so yeah. i'm gonna say i'm gonna say it doesn't hold up i'm sorry it falls to me. There are things I very much like about this movie. Like the fact that uh, I think it's really cool and interesting that when Ed Crane kills Big Dave, he does it in self-defense. Like you're watching like like it get the thing escalates. The fight escalates and escalates. It's like, whoa, fuck. He's like going to choke him to death or break, this window is going to crack. Like this is not like he's literally trying to kill him here. And we don't know at that point that he'd already had killed Tolliver. Um, so I think it's cool that like he, like that he kills him in self-defense and it never comes up again. He never uses that remotely to justify what he did, even though it does justify 
quite a bit, but he's just such a fucking like placid, I'll go with whatever kind of guy. So it speaks volumes about the character. And I think the character is well-developed in that way. Uh, I, I agree that Polito as Tolliver is awesome. Like he's really fucking good in it. I, I'm, I'm always happy to look at something from this era and have a gay man playing a gay man. That's exciting to me. Shit on me. <laughs> Thank you, Maya. <laughs> shit on, yeah john shit on me polito um and and and, and yeah and the uh Gandalf, there is there is a, some 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 really good stuff here in the end though yeah this this thing drags it uh doesn't really seem to serve a purpose it does kind of feel like uh. like one, one of the things i read about it that i think it was like i think i read it on like the imdb trivia trivia was like take that with a grain of salt but supposedly it was like kind of like an on-the-fly thing where they saw the coen brothers saw like a picture of a barber and just kind of like let's make up a backstory about this barber and just kind of yeah. went from there and it, and it does feel less thought out than a lot of their stuff and i'm yeah. gonna have to say this this belongs in the bottom half of their filmography. This oh, doesn't really man. hold up for me. We got three not holds up for this well, Coen Brothers feature, which I never would have guessed going in. I thought I was going to love it again. It's derivative. It's so derivative. I mean, this is like the fifth time a Coen Brothers character gets caught up in this wild... Ba uh, ba um, What's the word I'm looking for? Embezzlement or mm -hmm. uh, scheme. Yeah. Calamity. And worse and worse and worse. Blackmail scheme. It's all about the blackmail. And then, oh, don't do it. It's just going to get worse and worse. Then it does. And blah, yeah. blah, blah. So that's how life goes, man. Who cares? Hey, we all oh, shut yeah. this movie down. I'm glad we watched it, though. So it's <laughs> off my list. Surprising. And now I, yeah. Now I know the truth about this film. So at well, least God I can bless live. Us for so many other. I'm sorry, Mike. But so many people. And if you like the movie, that's cool. But. God bless us yeah. for not just saying, oh, it's so gorgeous. It's a masterpiece. Like, we get it. But if your story is just blah, blah, who cares? I love it when you bless us. Or yeah, you God, when you have God bless us, I mean. Thank you. Thank you. Because we don't do that very often for ourselves. Oh, yeah, so yeah, we do right. appreciate you doing that uh, for the show, which includes us. So we're good, which is nice because we don't get enough of that. But I will tell you this. We're always honest. Everybody here, all three of us, always keeps it real. So At least I know Travis does. Sometimes Eric's too honest and he regrets it after the show. But I'm glad that he's... Always true to himself. And that's what we do on the cinema film. now. Yeah. yeah oh, and, wow. I, and, I, and I do want to say, like, you make a good point, Eric. That, like, if, if you are listening to this because you love the film, I do think that that's, like, valid. Like, I'm not saying it's a shit film. I would never no. argue this is a shit film. It, it's, But I just think it's lesser Cohen, which makes it better than most movies in its own way. But, like, yeah, yeah. it's not one you need to revisit. That's a very solid point, yes. Lesser Cohen is still better than a lot of other stuff. All right. Uh, all right, there it is. Uh, as far as next week's film, uh, I have a list of movies that I always go through, but I was very clear. I think I'm going to go to 2007. Okay. Oh I don't think we've been we there yet. I don't think we have. we not? Okay, great. That'd be wonderful to go to 2007. This is a uh, well-known film, no oh doubt boy. about it. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, many massive heavy hitters in this one. It's streaming and somewhere? <laughs> it's gotta it's gotta be it's you gotta didn't be. check oh boy yeah. <laughs> no come on no it's gotta be this was not like my other choices this is you can find this anywhere i'm very confident we're gonna do 2007's ridley scott's oh my god oh my god denzel washington russell oh, crowe man american okay. gangster american gangster yeah okay i right. don't I don't know. Yeah, I'm, 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 
any times, but it's been a minute, and right. I, I'm not sure if it's good or not. So I can't wait to see what we all think of it when we watch it. So, yeah, yeah. I, we, I don't think we've done really Scott either. So that's another, no, another big hitter to bring on. That's cool. No, we haven't. Oh, great, cool. That's even better then. Yeah, uh, and this will be our second Denzel movie, I believe, because we yeah. did. Hey, we <laughs> <laughs> uh, Devil in a blue dress for those that. Uh, I'm not living inside of Michael's head. <laughs> yeah, Brian Madison. That was a good episode. Go check that one out. Uh, yeah. We had fun doing that one. That uh, so this will be much different than that, although it is a period piece again in a way, so it's kind of cool. But either way. Next week, American Gangster. A lot of quotable lines in this one, but is it a good movie? We'll find out next week. I'm off to Canada. I'll be back soon, though, and I promise I'll be back for next week's episode. Don't forget, Cinnamon Nine Potter, ProtonMail.com, Cinnamon Nine Potter, all your favorite social media platforms. Travis Roy, Eric Branstrom, Michael Govier. What kind yes. of man are you? Take it to a lawyer. <laughs>